the markets. Arthur Karras, portfolio manager of Macro Solutions at the Old Mutual Investment Group. SA Inc. shares continuing to be in the positive column, Arthur Karras, despite Bidvest's really tough results today. Investors, I think, are relieved that there may be glimmers of hope. I think that's correct. There's a few issues. The, the one is that um, the foreigners have been steady sellers of South African shares. So there's been quite a bit of uh, selling pressure for some months. Um, and you know, regardless of how tough things are right now, it's extremely likely that we'll see a, a rebound over the next 12 to 18 months. And with the expectation of that rebound, rebound, a lot of our shares are actually quite cheap, hence the, hence the current uh, strength in some of those names. What's your assessment of Bidvest's results? I mean, Bidvest is the one South African company that reaches almost every single corner of the, of the entire land. That, that's, that's absolutely correct, and that makes it very difficult for, for analysts that follow the company to try and forecast its earnings because it's got many divisions that reach into all parts of the economy. Um, but to call it a simple uh, play on, on uh, GDP, I think is incorrect because they're quite good at managing their portfolio. I think the result was well telegraphed because we had the um, we had the trading update last week, so there weren't any surprises there. The thing that people were most focused on, uh, I believe, would have been the balance sheet because they had just purchased or uh, made their largest ever acquisition in the UK, and if the balance sheet had weakened significantly, it would have caused some concern about um, about what it would look like post that acquisition. So I think the balance sheet looked quite good. They generated quite a bit of cash. I think one of the, the things that helps there is that when activity slows down, people pay their bills, um, but, but you don't have to go and restock because they, you know, they're, they're not buying more from you at the time. So there's a bit of a positive working capital inflow there. The results, as expected, uh, we had services, showed the small dip and then returned back to normal. And then more the trading distribution income that was weaker. So something like, like motor car sales, as expected, that was very weak. Um, but on the whole, I think a, a pretty good result under the circumstances and a really good um, cash flow performance. It is. Um, but the, the debt burden, I mean, uh, Bidvest has never been a big uh, writer of debt. Is, the, is it sort of breaking with that tradition now? Um, part of the reason why the debt looks as high as what it does is that they've purchased um, PHS in the UK, um, and that's only been in their results for one year from an income point of view, but the entire purchase price has come on board immediately. So it, 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 that will normalize that, that um, debt to EBITDA look, look through. That will normalize next year when that business has been incorporated for the entire year. Um, the other thing is that they've also spent a lot of money on a, a large uh, liquid petroleum gas LPG project um, and that project is nearing its end it's been, it's been a lot of capex spend there but it's not generating any income yet so some of that will normalize so there is an expectation or a, uh, that they might raise a little bit of capital um, to help make the balance sheet look a little bit better but I think that post this result um, investors are not going to be really concerned about that if they raise money it's, it's unlikely to be a large number 
Now, with everybody, oh, not everybody, lots of people talking about the, the end of the South African economy, that the end of the road has been reached and South Africa must make tough choices, political choices, economic choices. Otherwise, it's all hellfire, a brimstone and doomsday. The sort of perspective that the market is taking at the moment on companies focused on South Africa doesn't seem to share that particular view, at least not to the same extent as some of the doomsayers suggest. Well, I think you need to look at the valuations. And, and if you look at the, the banks, are a good example. So the banks are inextricably linked to the, uh, the health of the South African economy. Um, they were facing a weak economy, pretty much the kind of picture we were looking at now pre-COVID. Um, the share prices got hit very badly by COVID and haven't yet recovered, well, not significantly anyway. So they are pricing in a really, really poor scenario. Um, much, much worse than what we were thinking about you know, late last year, at the beginning of this year. So there's quite a bit of room for those share prices to recover and still reflect quite a tepid economic outlook for South Africa. There's no excitement in those numbers. Um, if you look at the, the industrial companies, the companies that actually make things and sell them, export them in some cases, this is the first time in a very long time that you can buy some of those companies below book value means you're buying them for less than the value of their balance sheets or less than the value of their net assets. So that, in, in, in the case of companies that actually have property plant and equipment, um, that still has, that, those ratios still have some, have some relevance. So those companies are extremely cheap, so they are more than factoring in a very weak South African economy. Um, but the whole world hasn't been focused on that kind of investment, so-called value investing. It's been focused on growth. Um, and in the weak economy, um, the uh, economic downgrade and COVID has really hammered some of those companies into the ground. So they are extremely cheap and there's quite a bit of room for them to go up. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, maybe value investing finally gets its day. Maybe value investing finally becomes fashionable again because goodness knows it hasn't been for an awfully long time. It hasn't been for a very long time, and I think we do go through these cycles, and I think sometimes um, we attach these labels to things that are not completely correct. But I think that the the focus on growth has been correct. We have very, very low interest rates. We have very low growth around the world. So people are finding any shares that are producing strong growth growth are extremely valuable. You may put those up, and there's no shortage of, of, of cheaper companies. That's not really the problem. So... Um, especially in, in, during COVID, we've not even exaggerated that. We said anything that can grow during this is great. I want it. Anything that doesn't look like it's going to uh, fly during this is worth even less. So there's been an enormous amount written and talked about the, the value growth rotation, um, and uh, and we you know we could very well be closer to that. And one of the signs, as an example, is when you have. Um, decreasing market leadership. In other words, fewer and fewer companies um, going up and carrying the market with them. And a good example of that would be the U.S. tech stocks, the small number of companies whose growth rates are absolutely dominating the show. As we've seen in South Africa, a small handful of companies dominating the show. The Rand Hedges have been the carriers of the JSE for goodness knows how long. Exactly. And I think even even more than that, you've got... um, but our tech, the domestic tech investment in, in terms of NASDAQ, it's a vast amount of the index. You know, it moves the entire index if it has a strong or a weak day. 
So we've got that very same phenomenon happening in our own local market. But many people have called the end of that particular story for a very long time and have been horribly wrong. Um, again, we don't talk about timing markets, but you know, it, it does feel as if markets are, are ripe for a change in terms of actually looking at intrinsic valuations, looking at the value of shares, looking at the amount of money that companies are able to make in even a struggling economy. I think that, uh, that calling that kind of a trend um, is, has been the downfall of many a, a good manager. And I think, <laughs> Which is why I'm a journalist <laughs> and not an asset manager, you see, because nobody would trust me with their money. Yes, because even though you can make a lot of money being a contrarian, you're not hoping to be a contrarian all the time. You're just hoping to be ahead of the curve um, because you need everyone else to eventually join you in your contrarian viewpoint you know, for you to make any money out of it. So um, you need to wait for some of the signs to develop and and, and I think often a sign is when a lot of the contrarian investors, a lot of the value investors have lost their clients, have shut, shut down their businesses. There's often good signs that you're nearing the end of that cycle. I don't think we've had any of that here, but we've certainly got very, very few people that don't have a lot of those kind of NASPAS uh, growth stocks in their portfolios. My thanks to Arthur Karras, Portfolio Manager of the Macro Solutions Boutique at the Old Mutual Investment Group. 